Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swigoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan, everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, and Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins. What is up, fam? What's up? Also, it doesn't count as episode 32 if you had to do the intro twice. Uh, well, seeing as I've, I've messed up intros before, if we put all of those together uh, as their own separate episodes themselves, I'm pretty sure we're on episode, what, we're currently episode 31, so the actual episode is maybe, I want to say somewhere in the range of 79. <laughs> oh, nice. We missed our 50th anniversary. Yeah, right. Yeah. Congratulations, everybody. We've made it. Wait, can you just release one one episode of just all of our outtakes? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Don't oh, think man. I haven't, like, pocketed those things and they're just not sitting anywhere. You know, they're, they're, all, they're all cataloged for the proper time when they need to show up. I'm actually... Also, we're missing that a, somebody. That is true. We are. We are missing somebody. We are missing Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. He cannot be with us this week, but... Uh, he is on the mend. We wish him the best. He will be back next week, and we cannot wait to see him. It's gonna be. It's, he's gonna have his hands busy, and we got our hands busy shuffling cards and getting ready for the world of the magics. That's what we are doing. I had uh, I had been video editing a bunch of Serena's dance videos, and it was really exciting. Uh, but I I thought of the idea too late, and I really hate it that I thought of it too late. Uh, seems to be a theme for me. Um, but, uh, basically I wanted to take all of these clips of her, like making these really awkward faces and then put them all together into like one giant reel. And then after video editing, all of her dance videos for, for her class. And then just like, and then like one time, just like, kind of like, you know, secretly send them this outtake one. That would have been pretty sweet. I think if I was going to do that podcast wise, I would take, uh, just every instance of you saying the word like, uh, of Caroline saying the word, um, me starting every word with uh and going directly into the word i'm my own worst enemy when it comes to editing this podcast and then i would take every instance of mr toolshed saying saying yeah so so if i put all of those together into one mega mix i think i could actually i could make some sweet edm out of those types of samples oh yeah (laughs) i like that we all have different intro words like we have the full spectrum oh yeah and it's like, it, it's perfect. It's perfect. And when you put it into into an audio editing program, it, they all start to look similar. So I can start to edit this podcast without ever actually listening to it. I can sit there and immediately look at something and say, "Okay, no that's Con- oh yeah, that I'm going. That's Conan Hawk saying like. I don't that's Caroline you. saying um. The no you can way. oh yeah, I can point. I can pinpoint looking at stuff. Going, I guarantee you that this soundbot right here is Caroline saying um, and then going into something. Wow, do you edit out my ums? I try to. I don't edit out everything, but only when there's like long pauses and really elongated ums. All right. It's impossible to do it all. And if I tried to do it all, I would die. But I don't yeah. have, this is not my full time job. Uh, if it was my full time job, then sure, I will fine tooth comb this, this cast as much as I can. But only like the big pauses. Yeah. <laughs> and if I have to stick some Ocos in there someplace, which was me last week, I did drop a, a, a yeah, hard you F. An Oko. Yeah. Dropped a hard O last time, uh, which who knows where that's going to go this week. Yeah, I know the one thing that I want to know about this past week is how our week in magic was. Caroline, how was your week in magic? My week in magic was pretty fun. Um, I will say with a small asterisk, we did record this last episode on Friday and today's only <laughs> Tuesday. So there wasn't a lot in between. But that being said, um, on the weekend, I got to cast a tournament with um some medium people they're yeah. okay kind of ishy uh, oh kinda, shoot, yeah. they're here uh yeah there's <laughs> some great people <laughs> no uh, actually it's super fun so there was another set roulette tournament which is uh mythic society's kind of take on online tournaments with some stakes that don't play current standard is <laughs> like a basically a cool way to, to describe their tournament uh they make their own format uh using six sets in all of Magic's history, uh, combine them together, and you have one week to design what you want to play. And then you show up, you would have showed up on Sunday and played a six-round Swiss event with a cut to top eight. Um, Eric, myself, Brasky, and a bonus, uh, Carlin, aka Sidetrack, uh, did some coverage from round three to the end of the tournament. This was our second go at it. It was my first time actually preparing, so that's good. I had some friends that were actually testing for the tournament, so I was pretty aware of where decks were, 
what archetypes look like, what cards are being played. I actually looked up what cards did, so that's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I felt a lot more confident just in general in casting this time. Um, we also, it was the first time we did like triangle style casting where uh, like Eric and I did a round together, then Eric, then Eric and Sidetrack did a round and then Sidetrack and I did a round. So a um, little bit of a break in between, which is nice, but also um, you do have to force yourself to be uh, kind of on. Now I'm thinking about all the times I've said, um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to make sure that you're connected with all the people on your team and, and stuff like that. So that was new for me. Um, but I really enjoyed it and I can't stop thinking about this um thing. <laughs> it's gonna be really bad. Anyway, uh, that was super fun. On Monday was a holiday uh, here in the States. Um, so I did not, <laughs> so I did not. Why did you tell me this? This is a terrible idea. Oh my God, it's all I'm thinking about. Uh, okay, anywho. <laughs> I the um. And this is how Brasky slowly brings down the podcast from the inside. Dude, you can't tell people like like if you're like oh anyway okay, so I'm I'm Gucci. Uh, I wanted to play a magic event on Monday. I'm crazy. I just love playing magic on my days off. I understand it's not how everybody feels, which spoilers might be what we're talking about later, which we would never say now. No, no, <laughs> that's impossible. We can't talk about um, that. So I. <laughs> It's going to be so hard to have conversations. What I've just done to you is like the equivalent of like, you get ready to go out and then someone just goes, oh, is that what you're wearing? That's fine. That's, that's exactly what's happened. <laughs> I wanted to play uh, an event on the computer. I had two choices. This is actually relevant. I had two choices. There was a super modern PTQ on Moto, which I had never played a super PTQ for some reason. They're at sort of weird hours and they're pretty long. And they're not on weekends. <laughs> so I had never actually played one. So I had that. Or I could play in one of the new CFP PTQs. Um, the Moto one is 40 tickets to enter. And it was like nine rounds plus a cut to top eight. And the CFP one was like five-ish rounds, $10 to enter with a cut to top 16. But <laughs> the Moto one was modern and the CFP one was standard. So I picked modern. <laughs> um, I did hear that the CFP ones were running really low. Like... 30 to 50 people or something and they were just like i heard the 1 a.m one someone got into top 16 at two and three that was the record and then they won the whole thing i should have joined this this was my shot so there were actually people messaging me making fun of me for joining the modern super qualifier but i i chose like i had choices i'm a human being i knew what i was doing i picked the thing i wanted to do <laughs> i had to defend myself a lot for some reason i had a great time i went 7 and 2 i played red black prowess um, my combined record in tournaments with that deck is 16 and 3 i think um between the lotus box and that so that was kind of cool i feel like i made uh, i changed the deck a little bit um I didn't have a blood moon. Oh, I was about to ask that. Yeah. How many blood moons you uh, And I, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. Uh, I did lose to Tron, and I have maybe spent the last day since then saying how much I hate Tron. No one has any recordings of this, so there's no way to prove that that's what I said. Uh, but what if you had a blood moon in your sideboard? Would you beat Tron? No, because I wouldn't side it in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my weekend. Magic's great. That's the thing. See, now oh. that I knew about this, about the CFB uh, tournaments, if I had the time to do it, maybe I should have just joined one and snuck in there like a two and three if I, if I, <laughs> if, oh, okay, if, keep if in mind. this is what would be for Brasky's side of thing. If I high rolled it at two and three, I really could have <laughs> snuck in there. But you have to sneak it at two and three and then go four oh. So, yeah. It's still single elimination top 16. So. Hey, the crazier yeah. things have happened. I, I could just see that. It's like me getting into a top 16 at two and three. And then just kind of going up to Conan Hawk and just being like, see, I'm like you. You know, I hit a top 16. You know, that's that's what I did. That's like. Except that tournaments have never cut to suck top 16 ever. So we'll be like, what? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys do top eights. I do top 16 because 16 is. Actually, I got, I got 15th in my in my modern super qualifier. So I got Ooh. top 16. One of the most important tournaments that I didn't qualify for, I got 17th. Oh, you hate to hear it. Yeah. The, uh, the SCG. Player, uh, was it Players Championship? Oh, I think yeah, it's what you it's got 17th, but you, were, you got 16th and then they made a change or something, I thought. Well, no, they basically what happened was there was just like a bunch of people that didn't have the head results that were unreported. So, right. like, going into that weekend, I was like 14th, 
And then like a bunch of people got results and then I was 17th. Yeah, you said you felt that there were some shenanigans in in place. I mean, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just really awkward. Like, they just like kind of like, I don't know. IQs were wild. So who knows? You should have tried going two and three. I should have. You should have tried going two and three. Yeah, that's you fair. wouldn't have had to worry about any of that. Yeah. So this is that's 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 just kind of that's my mentality about how I approach the game. But Eric, don't give away our topic. It's true. No, no, no. That's we're gonna touch on that yeah. a little bit later. Don't worry about it. But I do want to know, Eric, what what have you been doing uh, in the past week slash five days uh, since we uh, since we last spoke recording this podcast? Obviously, Caroline broke down a lot of uh, the the set roulette. That was super awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Brasky is the is the trooper of us. Uh, while we got to rotate and take breaks, uh, Brasky got to be there the entirety of the entire show and uh, press a bunch of buttons. So I wanted to say thank you to Brasky because he's awesome. That's no problem. Um, I was mostly just chain smoking and drinking moonshine in the background, but yeah. You know. Oh, that's nice. Time. Yeah. I, I produced once and I, I I forgot that step, so I guess I I messed up. Yeah, no, I forgot to train you on that spot. It's like, yeah, this is how you train change scene transitions. This is how you prepare for the next match. Also, here's the type of cigarettes that you smoke. Here's <laughs> yeah, all of that kind of stuff. You just sit in a dark room, just brooding, <laughs> <laughs> brood brooding and clicking how to run the production of an MTG spot. So, without getting into too much detail, if you if you follow magic stuff uh you'll know uh there was like some negativity around magic unfortunately so basically taking a little step back a little a little step back and uh and you know playing some playing some other stuff uh I actually this week i haven't streamed magic my my monday and tuesday streams were all of ba- our hearthstone battlegrounds and legends of runeterra and i've been having a lot of fun um i knew that i i liked i liked battlegrounds before but runeterra um, I played at the, the beginning of the, like the thing or like game being a game and kind of like couldn't focus on Runeterra and magic. But since I don't really have to focus on anything uh, right now, I'm not really doing anything uh, meaningful in magic. I can play Runeterra and have fun. So that's basically what I've been doing. Like, yeah. And, you know, as we talked about at different points, that's sometimes a good thing where you just kind of assess where you are at any with any game that you play with any kind of hobby with anything that you uh, play competitively in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes you just go, you know, now's my time to step back, and then I can come back to it when I think the time is right. And who knows? Uh, judging by some announcements of announcements that we've seen, perhaps that time will be a little bit sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, hinting at what those could be, um, <laughs> since that seems to be our theme. Um, yeah, I mean, like, once that stuff happens, I'll probably end up, you know, streaming more magic, so... And, you know, when we get to that point, there'll be plenty of things to do, plenty of uh, things to participate in, which is uh, kind of we talked about set roulette uh, that we just did with the mythic with the mythic society, which uh, if people actually want to see it, I believe it's up on YouTube. Now you can kind of search for the mythic society on YouTube and they broke it up into little sections, I think, round by round. So you can kind of see each round of the coverage that we did. So I highly recommend doing that. It's a lot of fun because. The coverage team did a fantastic job, if I do say so myself. Both Caroline yeah. and Eric and Sidetrack, and then we got Zvi in there as well. It was it was a lot of fun. I actually want to add that um, one thing that I've noticed that Pascal, um, who is running the Mythic Society, he's really taking this role of like filling a space, filling a void, pretty seriously. Um, the coverage this time we emulated like an E League setup, so each. We actually picked like featured players. Uh, so we picked like 10 people and we put them into little rooms in Discord and then they just like played in that room and they just shared their screen the whole time. And then as coverage, we jumped between those spaces, um, which is super cool because it meant that they didn't have, they actually were locked from other players. So that meant they didn't have to worry about the what if someone ghosts plan, which you could get from other like shared Discord Lotus Box style things. Uh, so that was really cool. Pascal's often messaging us, asking for things that he can do to improve. I took a look at Twitter afterwards, and he was actively tweeting each round with like a screenshot of my face sometimes, <laughs> um, or like like the timer going up. And um, he tweeted anecdotes about the tournament, like someone winning on a mobile three and two washed up pros playing in the finals. Like I felt like he was. Ex- very engaging in his interactions with the players and somehow running a tournament all while doing that. Yeah. It, like, was, it was a lot of fun. Doing a bunch of things. The, Pascal's just 
doing the whole thing. Oh, it was a super huge help. I mean, it was fantastic to have a tournament organizer that can uh, both help run the tournament, but also make sure that things are in place for production and coverage to kind of do what it is that they got to do. And I think the the best thing that I saw from it, which I, I was glad to see people say, was that it felt, even though it was still digital and all that kind of stuff, is that it felt like uh, a, a, an old, you know, playing an old Grand Prix or playing, you know, a, a, a pro tour at some point. It just kind of had that same feel to it because then also I think it was just the freshness of the format by playing those many that many sets and putting things together. The conversations were fun. People were really having a great time analyzing who built the best deck and why and looking at the games and how they were played out. And that showed to me, you know, a lot of what I often hear y'all talk about of of how the competitive formats were and how like coverage was and, and the enjoyment that people got from it. I felt that this past weekend, which I thought was pretty, pretty darn cool. And there's going to be plenty of opportunity to kind of... Uh, see what else we can do in the competitive formats going forward. You know, we talked this past podcast about things like uh, the CFB PTQs, which are going on, the, the daily events. They're like 1 a.m., 9 a.m., 6 p.m. Uh, then we also uh, talked about the upcoming Arena Open that's going to be on May 30th and 31st. Uh, but there's a few other things that we can always uh, talk about as well. And I got to just plug in there uh, the the Lotus Box tournament, the, the team Lotus Box League that's going on, which Caroline Cavanaugh happens to be currently in the top four right now going into... Uh, I believe this weekend there is going to be a little bit of legacy is what you're going to be touching on, correct? Yeah. You only need three of your best finishes, though. So technically I have my three best finishes, and then this legacy one is just gravy. Like, if I can get a better finish, great. If not, I should be fine anyway. So Nice. So we'll definitely want to be taking a look at that. I know the uh, Lotus Box League, when is uh, that's going to be on, what, May 31st, if I'm not mistaken, at 12 p.m.? sounds factually accurate i believe i believe that is correct i believe uh 12 p.m <laughs> central time on may 31st is when that one's going to be running and doing awesome things on that side of things uh but there's a lot to look at in the world of magic the gathering in terms of online competitive events that are going to be coming up and the other things that we've seen you know there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion that's going on between uh you know access to information there's discussion that's going on between uh the health of formats. There's a lot of discussion about uh, the types of cards that are being reprinted. There's all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think we, we can all be uh, in agreement that there's plenty of places to find all of the analysis and discussion about that. And if you're not certain about what I'm talking about, I highly suggest going on a thing called Twitter uh, or a thing called the Reddit uh, and kind of figuring out all of the ins and outs of things that are happening in the world of magic. The one thing I do want to touch on briefly, though, is uh, there was the announcement of the announcement of some historic and standard bands and a possible change to Companion itself, which is pretty nuts. It's it's a pretty big deal. So the only thing I want to know is, what are they doing with Companions? Are they calling them pets? Is that the change? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I don't know. I will say that that tweet went out about an hour ago and my couch has been full of... Filled? Filled? Phil, um, is it just Phil? Is it just Phil? a guy named Phil, and it's just talking about it? Phil's actually our couch. The name, the couch. The couch, yeah, yeah the couch is named Phil. Uh, they've just spent the last, you know, hour or so just just debating back and forth, passionately, unpassionately, depending on who is talking um, about ideas. And I honestly don't have any um, things I've heard that are like possibilities are um, like. It's not an eighth card anymore. You have to put it in your hand at the beginning of the game and discard a card because of it. That's like a possibility. Um, I don't know. I've heard things like it, um, like you can't have a sideboard. I don't, there's just like, I don't have no idea. Basically, I don't even know why I'm telling you. I have no idea. I could, I do I not could know see what a lot of those things happening. I just, maybe they just go full dexterity and just say at the beginning of the game, you must drop this card from at least two feet above and catch it in your deck in order for it to be playable and get the, and, and then your deck gets a complete aura effect, like all of that kind of stuff. Eric, what do you think? Uh, I, I actually like the, the one that, that uh, Caroline kind of hit on, which was they, they start outside the game. You draw your seven cards. Uh, if you decide to mulligan, you do your mulligans. And then once you figure out how many cards you're starting with, um, you can like then add your companion to your hand and then remove a card and essentially shuffle it back into your into your deck. Um, I actually I think that's the cleanest one I've seen. Um, some people, you know, just said you can't play them as companions. That 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 doesn't like that defeats the whole purpose of them from from my my perspective. Um, so like 
I, I think that's probably the cleanest one I heard without going over some like weird and wild ones that people have said. So, and a lot of people are talking about bands and things like that, where it's like, okay, we could, you know, the the name Luris is being chucked around quite often and that kind of thing. But I'm just going to throw something out there. Let's ban a card that's fairly cheap. It's not going to break anybody's bank. There will be some wild cards given out, all that kind oh, of stuff. Astrolabe, sure, sure. Astrolabe gone. Love it. Yeah, but it's I, gone from standard and historic. Yep, done. <laughs> Perfect. We're also we're also banning Wheel of Fortune from standard. Um, the impressive, Rasky. Thank you. Thank you. I've been I've been I've been boning up on my bans and restrictions from from all of that good stuff. But the one thing, the one card I want to throw out there, just because I think maybe it's the 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 most unfun or maybe the most maybe makes the most homogenous or bad decks or bad feelings about stuff. What if you banned fires, fires of invention? Oh yeah. That's, that is actually in the, in the works, not in the works. Sorry. In the, in the talks. <laughs> oh, wow. Caroline's, Caroline's yeah. got some. Straight, you heard it here first, <laughs> straight from, straight from R and D of Caroline Kavanaugh. <laughs> oh, no. no, um, uh, the speculation is fires and reclamation. I, uh, so I love, I would love to see a ban of fires and reclamation. The other card that I would, I would love to see go as well as, uh, as Teferi actually. Um, no, I'm happy. I think we should just ride his, ride his three months out. Eh. Jump onto those coattails, buddy. We're just going to ride him out. I just, what I hope doesn't happen is agent of treachery be banned. I do, oh, I do not that's think like, that's That's like problem. missing the mark. Just I know. Like incredibly, right? Yeah. I don't, don't really want to delve into too much. I, the tweet really did only come out an hour ago and I haven't thought it through, but I can tell you this much. I believe it. They will miss the mark entirely. If agent of treachery's name is on that ban list, they will not have understood the issues of this format. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I would I, the, the reason, the reason I do like to ferry as a ban is because of the Luca thing. Um, I think if you ban fires, Luca gets a lot less powerful. Obviously you can't do like the crazy turn five with Luca sacrificing a token, getting a thing and then doing all that stuff. But I think like even just like banning to ferry from that deck, like you get to interact with the token. That is like one of the hard parts of, of that of like playing against that deck is like it's really good against the aggressive decks post sideboard and it can, can kind of like clear the way for Teferi. You can play Teferi and then it just like make some tokens and then you just like end up with this token that's left over. Like if I'm playing the red deck, I could just like literally shock your one one, right? When you go to sacrifice it with Luca or exile it with Luca, it's like. Well, but I can't do that because Teferi's hanging around, right? Well, I mean, I, I like. If you're going to ban fires, I don't believe you'll have as much of an issue with Teferi then. Like, one of the things... So, okay. Turn three, you play... Like, the way the turn would have to go is, like, turn three, you play Teferi, it survives. Turn four, you play tokens, it still survives. Turn five, you can play Luka. But with fires, you could go Teferi, Luka in the same turn. Yeah. I mean, that that is true. I, I I think fires is going to relieve the pressure that Teferi is currently giving in this format. Like, creatures are going to become a thing again, and Teferi will be knocked back down. I think Teferi should not be removed from standard. Just let him ride his day. He's got three months. I, I, <laughs> Give him I, a day in time. I yeah. will disagree in the state that I don't think creatures are good enough, even if Fires is banned. I think I think the creatures were just printed incredibly bad. Like, they just, like, don't have enough power and toughness. And the answers are too good. But I, I, I could be wrong on that, and I hope I am. Uh, but I think... I think like even without fires, I think I think the creatures are just not good enough in this format. See, I'd enjoy just my reasoning for doing some stuff. Yeah, ban fires. It's fifty cents. Who cares? Uh, that would be <laughs> that's kind of where I'm coming from on that one. Historic though, Eric, I'll, I will I will jump on that bandwagon from historic, and I could actually see one or both of the Teferis is uh, getting a boot from historic. <laughs> Maybe baby Teferi. Like that's that's the thing. I see. Uh, I see uh, that might have. Uh, triggered a a passionate response from one of my co-casters here. Uh, you feel, Caroline, possibly differently. I think there are huge issues in Historic, and they do not begin with Tiff or Aerie. <laughs> like, I think Field of the Dead um, needs to go. I think it is sculpting the format in such a way that I don't think needs to be there. I think uh, Next is the Fate is a un- fun way to play Magic and should be gone. <laughs> And <laughs> I, with that. I, I heard a rumor that Winona might, or yeah, Winona, right? It might be taking over a little bit, but that one I don't want to necessarily ban. I just know that that's something to think about. Be careful of that card. So, uh, so for 
I, I previously up to this week, I, I was testing a lot of historic and the field of dead decks are like pretty solid. Um, but the, the problem that the field of dead decks have right now is actually the card that you brought up is Winota. Um, they basically don't have a lot of, like they could be built better, I guess is the way I should say it. Um, they don't have like a great way of dealing with the creatures and the Winota. They can usually deal with one or the other. And if you don't deal with the Winota, you probably die. Uh, like basically, so for those that don't know how the Winota combo deck works right now, um, you get a, like you can, you either get like Lana War Elves or Gilded Goose, um, or like one mana accelerant, right? And then your best draw after that is, uh, Legion War Boss. And then the turn after that, you get to cast your Winota as long as it wasn't Gilded Goose, that is your one mana accelerant. And then you can die from just two creatures attacking, which is like incredible. Um, there's a four, or there's a seven mana four four that says you can, or all of the creature, or all of the damage that is dealt by permanents you control, uh, deals, or, or by I think it's just stuff you control, deals double that damage. Uh, so I was actually watching uh, Holy Diva play, and their opponent like just like just like ended up killing them when they just had almost nothing on board. They just like played a Legion War Boss, they killed the Legion War Boss, and then just like a turn later they just like drew and played with Nota. And then attacked with a, I think it was a Gilded Goose and a Goblin token. And they just like died from that because they ended up taking um, a 6-1 Hakdos and a 4-4 and a token. Uh, and then that combined with a little bit of earlier damage just killed them pretty, or just like right, right then, which was like crazy. Uh, so I could actually see something like Winota getting banned, uh, which will make one of our friends of uh, Sagoy and the and the uh, podcast uh, upset. So I'm sorry, Skybills, as I know how much you love the Winota card. Yeah, Skybills will be sad if, if Winota uh, goes the way of the banning. But who knows? There's we Yeah, we the tweet came out no more than an hour or so ago, so we have no idea what it's going to be. All we get to do is just sit here and twist in the wind, which new magic card, twist in the wind. I would like to know uh, what that type of sorcery would be and what that card does. The other one that I thought of was uh, because of Caroline's uh, wonderful play on words there is I want to see a new split card. The split card is Tef Airy. One does one thing and one does the other. I want to know what that thing does as well. I think that would really mess up some players as well uh, that I could see. You, you throw it into a master set. Why not? I know it's all reprints. Throw a new one in there. Just, just, just mess with people a little bit. And I know that regardless of how the game is going to play out or how the game shapes up, we all approach the game differently. You know, we all have different, we have a different relationship with the game. We tackle the game differently. We uh, get our enjoyment from the game in different ways. And that's something we kind of wanted to touch on with this podcast was, you know, how do we play the game of Magic the Gathering? What are the ways, what does a normal week look like for us is kind of the thing that uh, we wanted to talk about and discuss a little bit. And I think it'd be, it's a cool topic of conversation because I think each of us have three distinct perspectives of our relationship and our approach to the game. Uh, myself being much more on the casual side of things. Yes, I do like to play good decks. Yes, I do like to uh, do well when I play, but I don't have either the time, the resources, or really the drive to be a top-tier competitive player. Conan Hawk, on the other hand, is basically the complete 180 of that, uh, who has, you know, who plays the game all the time focuses to play it at its highest level at its hugest competitive tier and then you have Caroline who is this great kind of bridge between those two between those two realms and so we want to talk a little bit about just how we approach the game what are the ways in which we approach a game and I maybe let's we, we can kind of start off with this is like how often do you play the game uh, on a on a particular week between like the weekday or even the weekend. And I can like start on, on my own perspective and then everyone can kind of jump in with their points. But I know for me, I'm someone who has a full-time job. I'm someone who has a bunch of other life responsibilities that they're taking care of. So my ability to play magic is much, much shortened with that. I'm lucky if I get to play one best of three series on Magic Arena a night. And even then, it's not often. Uh, I do look forward to the chances where I'm like, great, I have two hours to myself or three hours to do with whatever I want to. I can finally sit down and jam some magic for a while and that's what i'll do and i still play best of three as opposed to best of one because best of one is just flooded with aggro and i like playing control decks but that's kind of how i start off with during a weekday i'm lucky if i get one best of three match in on a weekend hey now we're talking i might get three or four best of threes in we'll see how that goes but uh you know conan i think the amount of games you play is a little bit different than the amount of games that i play 
Yeah, I mean, so I stream Monday through Friday, um, you know, usually uh, like six-ish hours. So playing best of three, depending on whatever format I'm playing, that, that that's like my normal Monday through or Monday through Friday. Uh, if I'm testing for something though, it's gonna get like that's like where the weekend and also kind of the weekday gets a little wonky, um, because like if if I obviously if it's the event weekend, then I will be playing the event as well. If I'm if it's not the event weekend, I try to scour for like events that actually end up being um events that that you know are similar and big towards these ones so like you know for instance if you know if i was doing caroline's lotus box event right i would be i would on the last sunday or last saturday and sunday i would try to find you know two legacy events to play in uh as well so then i would be playing monday through friday you know testing a bunch of different decks finalizing my testing on thursday or friday bringing the deck to a saturday and sunday event and then if i like that deck testing more that next week leading up to the event uh, that's basically what I'd be doing. And um, if I'm testing for something, it'd probably be eight-ish hours a day, maybe 10-ish hours a day of playing Magic. Um, and, and then and then also playing events on that Saturday and Sunday. I would approach the game very similarly. I look at what quests I need to accomplish in Arena. <laughs> I re-roll. And then I continue. Yeah. Attack with 20 creatures. What is that, like 100 games? Yeah, especially for a control player. <laughs> attack with 20 creatures. I'll never get that done. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, Caroline, you know, I'm just talking about uh, you know, my approach, and I realize that the, one of the things about this is that I play arena only, obviously because of COVID and a few other things, but there's many other ways to play the game and train for things. Like, What's your approach to how often you play the game per week? Uh, so I also am a full-time not gamer um i have a full-time job as well nine to five during the week um i will say that hmm, it's tough my weeks are just like all accounted for like mondays i have a meeting with a thing uh and then i might play magic but i might not uh tuesdays i have this you know wednesdays i stream thursdays i have a thing and Fridays are Fridays. Fridays feels weird to book anything. So I don't know. I, I don't really play Magic that much during the week. Recently for specific tournaments like Lotus Box, Legacy, and Modern, and Pioneer, I've been playing during lunchtime, which is very strange for me. I've never done that before. Uh, Moto goes a lot faster than Arena, which is so weird. You'd think that that wouldn't be the case. But I can get two Moto games done in the time it takes me to play one Arena game during lunch. Uh, so I've been doing that. I've been playing some lunchtime Magic playing some like you know 6 p.m like right after work magic but most of the time i do not play magic during the week on the weekends however uh i almost always have an event i love events i even in covid i've just managed to find all of the events i can possibly play basically so i will make sure that i either get up for pioneer challenge on moto uh which are at a same time every week uh, on Sunday or Saturday, uh, they have like decent prizes and they, they're fun to play. So I, I'll get up for one of those or I'll have a, uh, MTG melee tournament. So I craft my week to be mostly magic free playing. And then my weekend is pretty heavy loaded magic. And I know there are people in my life that are like, wow, you play so much magic on the weekend, but it's kind of like, it's what I'm looking forward to all week. Like I'm playing magic during lunchtime so I can go to this tournament on Sunday and play. Like, it's what I was doing before COVID. It's what I'm doing now. It hasn't really changed that much. I guess I'm saving on flights. <laughs> um, that's about it. Like, I really like playing uh, these these tournaments. Uh, from low stakes to high stakes to medium stakes, I'm, I'm all in. When you find that you have to play the game during the week, and I mean have to in the sense of, like, if you have Lotus Box or you have something else coming up that way, does your, does your relationship to the game change that way? Do you feel – it sounds like – I mean, it's something – on the weekends you look forward to, does it ever become something that you feel like you have to do as opposed to that you want to do? Yeah, I think so. It's it's sort of interesting because a lot of people's lives have changed during these past two months, three months of, you know, new quarantines and new, like, restrictions on our lives. My life hasn't actually changed that much. Like, I would be at home, like, I would be in a space with people playing Magic regardless of where I was. And the reason I bring that up is 
my weeks, my days are really busy. Like I have a lot of things that I do throughout the week in the evening that are related to my extra, they're related to magic, but just, I'm not playing magic. So I'm doing a podcast. I'm streaming. Um, on Thursday, I, I watch movies with, with friends from magic. <laughs> like they're all related to magic in some way, but to answer your question is yes, it does stress me out when I have a tournament coming up and I haven't prepped enough for it. And I feel like I have to be playing during lunch. I have to fire up after work, get some games in, get some understanding. And then I look at my watch. I'm like it's seven. I have that, that meeting now, or I have that thing now, or I didn't, I didn't prep the show notes. <laughs> that one happens a lot. <laughs> um, I feel bad and I do feel some pressure. Uh, and that, so so what happens is when I feel that pressure, I just don't participate in that thing. It doesn't happen often. Like it, the, the legacy thing I'm excited for, I'm not feeling like super overwhelmed, but if there's like a standard tournament coming up and I didn't practice and I was feeling super pressured, I just might not play. Like that's the nice thing about these things. I don't have flights booked to them. I don't have hotels booked. I can just not show up to the $5 tournament that I don't have to play in. Like it's, it's interesting. Like it's a very different world, but I, I like it. It's good. Conan Hawk, that's that's something I want to throw at you. Is with the amount that you would play, and I think especially at your at your peak when you were doing a whole bunch of different competitive events and trying to really, uh, to really really grind. Uh, how often did it feel like you have to play this as opposed to you want to play this, or does it really just kind of blend together for you? Does it just feel like yeah, this is what I do? Uh, I think it's just kind of what I do. Um, I think I was going to talk a little bit about this on the possible next question. <laughs> you can go ahead and start talking about it. And that just uh, so right we were going to talk about uh, how often do you think about magic, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the, the similar, uh, I guess, like daily basis. Right. Um, and the thing is, is like, I was actually going to pose this to both of you. It's like, what else do you do that isn't magic? Like what, like, I know that uh, Caroline likes to do like Animal Crossing, like like play Animal Crossing. I know Brasky's from the Hearthstone team, so you probably like to play some Hearthstone, right? Um, I just started playing Runeterra, but I wouldn't do it if I was still like heavily involved in the magic. So that's the thing is like I had my basketball morning game and I hang out with Serena after she's off work. Um, but if I have any th- downtime, I don't have any other hobbies. I don't literally, I literally don't do anything else. So any downtime, I don't go to like my, you know, I don't go to like my PS4 or whatever, my Xbox or anything like that. Like I don't own those. Like I'm borrowing Sean's PS4 right now to play Final Fantasy seven. Um, but that's the, the, the last video game that I've played in probably like the, the last 10 years. When was the PS2 out? <laughs> like, that's like, when did it die or when did it come out? That's the bigger question. Uh, like, probably like two years before it died. Two when years before it died. Two years before it died would have been 2017. Really? Yeah, that thing did not die for a long time, but it came out oh. a long, 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 long time. Ago. Okay, so like I like it was shortly after college for me. So that would have been like 2006, 2007, something like that. Um, was like probably the last time I owned a console game system. Yeah, that's so the, that's, that's the just interesting like thing. It. You bring up a, a really cool point is is also what else we do with our time, uh, what we choose to do with it, what we feel like we have to do with it. Uh, I, I f- I'm finding as you're talking about this, I think about what is my relationship to the game, and I'm really only thinking about playing the game. I'm not thinking about what I really enjoy about card games in general, and that is oftentimes, I mean, I'm... I'm a caster. I'm a broadcaster. I'm a content creator. That's what I love to do with these types of games. I love to play mm-hmm. them, but what I love to do more is is showcase the best players doing the game and making it accessible for other viewers or other people. That's kind of what I really enjoy doing. So one of my favorite things to do is to read the meta reports and to read the the sideboard guides and to read how the best of the best play the game and read how they approach the game so that I am as knowledgeable of the game as possible when I broadcast it or when I communicate what's going on to somebody else or when I am doing a podcast with people that are much better at the game than me so that one, I'm not lost at it, but two, I can help steer that direction. I love learning about those things because I know I do not have the time to dedicate to be as good at the skill of the game, of playing it itself, that I can't understand the big macro things that are forming around it. I love doing that with games, whether it's Terra, whether it's Hearthstone, whether it's Magic the Gathering, you know, one of the first things I do is find a meta report, 
look at some guides, find the smartest people in the game and, and learn from what they're doing. Not necessarily, I mean, obviously to get better at the game, but also to become much more literate when I'm speaking to somebody who is going to be of a skill level that's higher than me. That's, that's one of the things I love to do. And so that's kind of my relationship with, with the game often is I play the game to really enjoy it when I, when I have time. I love playing magic when I don't have to play magic. <laughs> that's the thing. But when I have free time, do I have the choice between playing magic and reading about magic? I oftentimes will be reading about it than playing it. That's the interesting thing for me. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I don't necessarily read magic anymore. Um, like they're like, I, I used to read a lot of magic, but because streaming is so big now, um, you know, I just like, usually my phone is constantly on Twitch. Um, and then if you've ever seen tweets from, I don't know, many months ago, uh, I will have a lot of the times when I'm not streaming, but I'm on my computer, I'll have like multi Twitch on roughly eight to 10 streamers, uh, as long as what they're streaming is semi relevant to what I'm doing. So that's just kind of like how I do things is just make sure that I'm absorbing as much information as possible. And, and that's usually uh, multi Twitch is a great tool for that. If you if anybody's interested in watching many, many streams all at once, you can definitely do multi Twitch TV slash and then put in whatever name and then slash and then keep on going from there and there. So you know how I have a theory that you should only be testing for one format at a time. I also believe you should only watch one stream at a time. <laughs> eh, I can see what's going on in the games. It's it, like, it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like watching stocks, right? You just like you just have like a huge, uh, you know, picture of that. I, I think I learned that from poker, though, from like online poker. I used to watch like a lot of online poker. And that's oh man, I'm, you, you, I could just see you having one of those setups. It's like seven monitors, each one with four games going, and just <laughs> having this beautiful mind concept of watching all the stuff going on. That is out of my realm. When when are you at your best with the game? Like when, um, when are you when are you playing your best? When when are you? Uh, I think Caroline had the the point of when are you the most productive, is mm-hmm. is a great point. What's what is what does that look like to y'all? I would say for me, if we're just talking time of day, uh, the most productive time for me is like immediately when I wake up. Um, I'm like the most awake. I I do I feel the best. Um, I, I don't know why that is. I'm just a morning person. God, I am the exact opposite of that. <laughs> we seem to be exact opposite <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I need I need 40 minutes on my phone before I'm even vertical. I mean like when we, when I was doing the when I was playing basketball before, you know, the quarantine, uh, like I would literally, you know, be up at 4:30 in the morning driving to the to the gym and then, you know, 30 45 minutes later I'm playing basketball. It's great to and know that like when, when I felt the best. It's great to know that when you're up I'm going to bed. <laughs> that's kind of how that goes. <laughs> But I'm like, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's not my, that's not, I'm, I operate at night. That's my thing. That's usually when I play. That's what I do. Um, but I'm not certain when I, when I'm, when am I playing my best? You know, I think it's, I, I have to be completely focused on a deck and, and I have to be present, right? You, I can't be distracted by a bunch of other things, which I usually am, uh, because I'm a very scatterbrained human being. I'm often working on multiple projects and doing things, but I find that I'm at, I'm at my best when, I'm completely present in the game that I'm playing, but also I have a, a refreshed approach and a great game plan of how I'm going into stuff. It's not always the way in which I play the game, which is usually just a, I'm going to play a straightforward deck. I'm going to, you know, counter some spells and I'm going to play my favorite colors and call it good. Caroline, what, what, what are you at with your, when you're at your magic best? I'm not sure. I, it's funny because I asked this question and I was like, shoot, I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely not the morning and it's definitely not the evening. <laughs> <laughs> uh i have a very short period of time in the afternoon yeah i definitely am a role like i get on a roll as a player so my first so playing ladder i'm just never on my game is the answer because i can't take ladder seriously so it's really tough for me um so we'll, i think i'll answer all these questions in a tournament the first round is the worst round because i feel the just so much pressure to not lose in round one that I often lose in round one. The pressure I feel to not lose is probably too much, like for for stupid, silly, small tournaments. Like I, I need to work on that. I think I have worked on that, but anyway. So it's not round one. <laughs> and the pressure to not lose in round end, like nine, eight, seven, whatever the last round is, 
is also too much. So it's not then. (laughs) (laughs) So it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I think when I feel comfortable with a deck, I think I... I'm more, I'm more productive longer, but I, if I don't feel comfortable with a deck, my productivity goes down or doesn't even exist. So yeah, I have, yeah, yeah, I have the, the mindset of, I I often play at my best when there is no expectation, you know, I can show up, like I could show up to a magic tournament and prep for it and do all my things, but I'll come in with the mindset just going, no one expects me to do anything here. And with that, lack of when the bar is very low <laughs> i am at my best is what i find with it because uh if i if, you know i eventually would get to a point where it's expected that i do this level you know all the time or if it's expected that i always have to do these things that's usually when i get it i get in my head or i, I start playing worse is when i feel it's expected of me to play at a certain level or to beat something or to do all that kind of stuff when the expectations show up that's what i'm like oh man like it's even if it's just it's something as simple as constantly knowing that I'm in a super favorable matchup will probably make me more apt to lose a, will lose a game against a certain deck just because I know I'm not supposed to lose this. I'm not supposed to lose this. That that kind of thing can affect how I play the game. So I often try as much as I can to leave that all to the side and be as clear-headed and, and leave expectation at the out the window when I go in to play the game in whatever style that I play it in. Yeah, I, I feel like um, kind of a little bit different than 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 everybody here um just because like i feel like i play like i mean a little bit similar i guess I, like the expectations don't affect me I don't, I don't know why that is um maybe it's just been playing so long maybe it's just like been playing you know uh high high stakes poker playing high stakes magic um stuff like that but I, I don't know um the the big thing for me is definitely knowledge um if i know how to if i know how to plan for every matchup that's when that's when i'm at my best um so like my MIQ, uh, my Mythic One Invitational Qualification, like I, that was probably the best Magic I've played in a long time. And it felt like because I knew the second my opponent played a, a land or maybe if like a land was shared between decks, their first spell, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do at every, like, like I knew what the game state looked like for me to win. And that's something that I'm definitely better at that at magic i'm like i'm definitely better at like figuring out what the end game is supposed to look like and then working my way backwards from there so like i know what the like a board state looks like for me to beat uh say like uh like the bant mid-range decks right because the bant mid-range deck was like decent at that uh, like at, at a time right it's like i know that the end result is a big corvald that they can't deal with so then i work my way backwards from there and then, like, because the big Corvald may not even be the the way you kill them, it's just that the big Corvald means that you have more resources than them. So, like, all of the game is just me trying to get this Corvald into play and then get, like, something like seven triggers off of it. And so, like, I think that's where I I go, where I'm, like, the best. I'm, like, not... Obviously, this isn't answering the time of day thing, but it's, like, this is when I'm at my best yeah. to play Magic. It's just, like when I know the format inside and out and I know exactly where my deck is supposed to be in every single matchup. When are you at your worst? Uh, the act, the exact opposite. I, Caroline has watched my stream, uh, a couple of times, uh, a few times. And, uh, there was a game I remember where I think it was, we ended up being a punt of the week where I literally didn't know what the four drop Vivian did. And I just like cast it and I was like, I'll just fight their creature or something. And like everybody in the chat's like, why don't you fight the planeswalker? And I'm like, cause it says fight, which can't do to a planeswalker. And then they're like, it doesn't say fight. It says punch. Uh, also it can do it to the planeswalker. And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> nice. Cool. So it's like the, I, it takes me a little while to figure out the ins and outs of a deck and how to play them. Uh, unless they lean to my strengths and it's just combat and it's just like creature, you know, creatures bashing against creatures. But if there's like some intricacies and stuff like that, it'll it'll take me, you know, like, like a few matches to, to understand how the deck works. And then obviously, you know, a week or so to, to figure out how to play it efficiently. So it seems for you that it's, it's knowledge, the amount of, or the lack thereof, which can kind Mm -hmm. of really affect when you are at your best or at your worst with the game. And Caroline, what's what's your perspective? When are you at your worst with the game? Whether it's like how you feel about it or how you're playing or any of that kind of stuff. 
Uh, say I'm at the worst of my game when I'm not physically prepared. So that's sleep, food. Well, food's an ongoing issue with magic tournaments, but sleep definitely. Um, and then I also, um, so it's pretty interesting pre and post COVID. Uh, I love Grand Prix. That's like a known fact. We all know that about me. But what you probably don't know about me is that when I play paper magic, I actually have a ton of anxiety with people watching my match. Um, specifically, I don't actually mind people watching me play. I stream. I like that's not the issue. It's people commenting about what I'm doing without me knowing their comments. In stream, you either say in the chat or I have no idea what you're saying in real life. Like obviously, I can't control that. So I just focus on that. But in real life, what happens at Grand Prix? And paper tournaments is people stand behind you and they start whispering. And what happens, they could be whispering like, I want to go to Starbucks. Like, I'm not saying my opponents are, or my people are conspiracy behind me. I'm just so bad that I think, oh no, I played the wrong land. What land should I have played? Oh no, I have a forest in my head. I should have played the forest. And I look up, my opponents made a whole thing and I'm like, I was not paying attention. Like I get so distracted and so stressed out that I did the wrong thing. I did an embarrassing thing, which is weird because you can't really even do an embarrassing thing in magic. Like Eric just shared a story. that's like, he forgot what Vivian did. So like, it's not, we, we were talking about it, but we weren't like, I don't know. There wasn't an article about it the next day. <laughs> like it's not a big deal. I, don't, I have, I had actually a decent amount of anxiety um, with Grand Prix. So for example, like, to, to show how this would come up is I would always get pairings as soon as they showed up on the board or on my phone, by the way, phone pairings are great <laughs> before phone pairings. My anxiety was worse, <laughs> but anyway, if it was phone pairings and I would go to the table right away and I would be sure to sit on a side that had the least amount of option to be viewed. So in grand prix, you're not really supposed to stay in the aisles, especially not on day two. Uh, so I would always fit, sit inside an aisle. I would, it would be the worst if I ever had to sit on the outside rows or edge seats or the oh, edge seats suck too. Um, and I would never change. I would never ask for changes. I would never say, Oh, Hey, like, can I switch with you? But I would put a lot of effort into giving myself the best uh, opportunity. Um, I could just see the card disinformation campaign, just that card art. That's all I'm seeing is a bunch of like just a row of people looking down at something and they're all whispering to each other. And I'm just being like, that card's got to give you some anxiety. Anyway, so uh, I, I don't play well in that situation for sure. Um, but, you know, post-COVID, I have had a lot of chances to play online. And people are going to comment on what they see. It's not that I don't want people to... There, people talk about everybody. I get that. It's just that I don't want to know about it. <laughs> so <laughs> when I play online, I don't know. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, I also, I really need my sleep. I don't travel super well, which I never realized. Like I travel so much, it never occurred to me. I do not sleep when we travel. I, it, it has recently occurred to me that that's a big issue. So um, getting sleep is pretty important. And then eating <laughs> is a really tough one for me. When I play Magic, like even here, like Monday, yesterday, I'm just playing like in a stupid Moto event. I like could not, I did not eat at the same like breakfast, lunch, dinner as a normal human would for some reason there, I just feel so much like excitement and pressure and to, thinking out like stops my stomach from being a thing. I don't know. It's not good. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> Eric also, for those not watching at home, <laughs> Eric held up his can of peanuts that he keeps next to him for some reason. Well, because, sure. Yeah. Get that protein. Streaming, I used to, I usually try to keep a snack near so that I can like, and peanuts are great because um, you know, they have a lot of protein and they'll, they'll give you energy and they'll make you, peanuts will also make you not feel as hungry. I'm looking around at my desk for, it's like, great. If I had to play a magic tournament right now, what do I have right now? Uh, gum and hard cider. Well, we're doing this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we already know that you, you were chain smoking and drinking during the break. Yeah. The whole time. Right? So, <laughs> whole time. That, that's a good healthy diet. Yeah. It is good to know, Bradley, that you have brought up alcohol two weeks in a row on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's all. That's all it's about. It's just uh, I'm still burning through the hard cider and just going. You know what? This has just got to be a concept. I'm going to play the game at my highest level. Just always have to have this around me. It's going to be a little bit difficult when I start going to in-person paper games. <laughs> yeah. 
Sir, Hold on, I gotta take a I gotta take a swig real quick. Sir, what's in that water bottle? Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I will say that uh, when am I at my worst with the game? Is again, you know, I'm a casual player, so I don't have the the time or the resources to put into the game what I might want to. And so, when am I not at my best of the game? When I don't have the access to it. Uh, and for me, that's that strictly is standard. Uh, I can always play draft, and I can always you know, find the ability to do that. But it's when, especially in the first, you know, month or so of a rotation, when there's obviously a deck I that might be available for me to play, you know, wild cards or whatever it is that I have available to me, but it's not the deck I want to play. It's, you know, it's some type of aggro deck or it's something that is is not my cup of tea. I wouldn't enjoy playing that type of, of deck. And so I would find the three, four, or five decks that I think would be interesting for me to play or competitive for me to play. And I load it up and I'm, way off on having anything to build that deck and so it takes a while for me to you know draft or do something else or find some way to achieve that without spending boatloads of money because i don't have that money to spend and so for me to not have access to the game in that way is the super frustrating game because i i feel that i'm never at my best with how i feel about the game and much less about how i can play the game there's always i always find myself that there's the one two decks that I would absolutely love to play that I just will not get to play. And maybe I'll get to play them in another five, six, seven weeks or something like that. If I do all these quests and open the right packs and gain these wild cards and stuff like that. And by the time that happens, another set's going to be coming out in, you know, three, four weeks after that. So that's when that that kind of struggle that I have is simply just a a thing of access, which I understand is way different than the, than the two of y'all and how, and how you play the game and, uh, but it is uh, something that affects my enjoyment of it and whether or not I even want to play it. It's like, why would I do this when I can go play something else or, or do, do something where I don't feel that the goalpost or the thing that I can attain is so far away from me? And that's when I think that I'm at my worst, which luckily wasn't so bad this time around. I was able to make uh, at least Bant control pretty easily and not have to use up a lot of you know wild cards, or at least I was able to craft the thing. You could just be Sean and just never change any style of deck you play, and then you'd never have to worry about crafting crafting <laughs> cards, right? Because you're just like, all right, nice. Uh, new set, two new cards. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 almost gotten to that point where I might as well just plant my flag in what I want to play and just stay that way. It's like, great. How's Demir? It's terrible. Don't care. Playing Demir. That's what I'm yeah. doing. The Greg Orange uh, strategy of magic. <laughs> How's Absorb? Awful. All right. For Absorb... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting of just uh i really appreciate having all these perspectives from y'all uh, i think it's something that's really cool i think it's something that makes honestly the podcast a little bit unique is that we all have different approaches to the game we all have different relationships to it and that's why we each kind of have that's why i think uh all of our input is valuable and even mr Toolshed, though he is not here same thing he he's on a different level of the game in terms of the formats that he plays and how he approaches the game and how he plays that brings that differing perspective as well. And I think that's good to have. And I think it's cool to to hear these different approaches when we're at our best, when we're at our worst, how often we play and why. Uh, it kind of showcases the variety of players that play this game and why the game is that is that awesome because you can play it in so many different ways and you can have many different relationships with it. But the one thing that we all can do, no matter our relationship to the game, is try to get better at it which is why I want to know what's the one thing you're doing to get better at the game this week. Caroline, how about you? So this week is, you know, we, we really just talked about it. I won't be playing that much Magic. It's not uncommon. Asterix being, I am streaming this week, and it is Magic, so sort of cheating. Uh, but I will be playing Legacy. Uh, as, you know, we've said, you know, only once or twice that I have to play Legacy this weekend. Uh, so... Game plan is to try and fill my lunch breaks with some Legacy Leagues, my evenings if I have any, uh, play some Legacy. Uh, I reached out to some people to try and just even just play against each other. Uh, so I'm trying to do that on Friday. Um, Eric mentioned this during his thing, and I forgot to bring it up, but I also like to play an event before I play an event. So my plan is, this is a big plan actually, on Saturday... I'm going to try again with an asterisk, get up and play the legacy, excuse me, the legacy challenge on Saturday morning, which is like, I think it starts at 6 a.m. Woof. You need a My time pretty freaking early, but I would love to be able to play an event before I play an event to just get some 
uh, jitters out. So that is what I'm doing this week. Yeah, I think uh, Conan Hawk volunteered his services to uh, wake your butt up so that you can uh, so you can play that uh, legacy tournament at 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, but 6 a.m. her time is like 8 a.m. my time. So. Oh, then you're just about ready to go to bed. Then no, your wait, day's is over. It 7 a.m.? Yeah. I'd have been up for like an hour or two, three hours, something like that by then. Man, I will be sound asleep, and I appreciate all of you. Yeah, and you're on. No, no, you're in the. You're in the. I, I always think you're on the East Coast for some reason. Oh me? Yeah, you yeah. know me. I jet here. I jet there. That's what I do. <laughs> well, what are you going to be up to, Cutter Hawk? Uh, so we tipped on it earlier. There's going to be an announcement. They made an announcement to make an announcement on Monday. Uh, so nothing. I'm literally just not going to play Magic to get better at the game. I guess uh, I might play the Saturday event, the best of one, best of three thing. Uh, the Saturday Sunday thing. I will be casting the uh, Arena Community Cup, which is going to be really exciting. I think it's going to be myself, Sidetrack, and you, Brasky. Yep. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, that's going to be super and cool. Maybe. And maybe Sean. Yeah, if okay. Sean if Sean's up to it, I think we might oh, that'd be toss awesome. him in there too. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be basically my week. Is uh, this weekdays? I'm just going to play probably just more Runeterra, and then. On the weekend, maybe I'll play the best of one thing. If that goes well, play the best of three thing. And then right after the best of three thing, start casting. And yeah, that's and then on Monday, my set uh that I need to test or my my format that I need to test will be new again, I guess, and I'll have to start start over and uh figure out what I want to play from there. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. For me, you know, it's the end of May, which means school years are over. Uh, part of what I do is is work in the educational community, and since school's over, I feel that I'm going to go back to school. So I'm just like I'm gonna I'm gonna bone up on all the uh, the core like level one, level two stuff that someone should know about the game. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back to a lot of the best, like the the required reading of competitive card games, and specifically Magic, but I'm sure there's ones that touch on other spots. But really, just go back to a lot of the the best things to read to make sure that your your skill set and your mindset of the game uh, is at its best. That's what I feel like I'm going to be doing is kind of touching on those things and just making sure that I'm not, uh, you know, missing the mark on a lot of stuff or that I'm really misunderstanding a concept, if, even if it's something as simple as tempo. Uh, just kind of really reanalyzing. Oh, I don't know if that's simple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, but it's reanalyzing just all of that core stuff just to make sure that uh, my mindset and my thought processes about any of the games that I play uh, can be at their best. There's yeah. actually some pretty cool old, like famous articles that cover a lot of these topics. I wonder if anyone knows of any, or I'm sure Eric does, but anyone listening knows of any, they should just tweet at us some of their favorite, like always relevant articles. Yeah. Um, Required reading. I- I know that for like Frank Carson, for example, has one about mana bases that's just always mm-hmm. relevant. It's just math. Um, there's definitely a tempo one. There's Paulo wrote one that's like really interesting about like things people do. To it's play like the fast. best players of the game. Or no? Or yeah. There's the the one thing I remember from that article is think on your opponent's turn. Yes. I don't know like, what the title of the article was though. Is the issue? There, like if you search Paulo and then search. Um, what makes great players great is like, there's a bunch, there's like a really good one. And then um, one of the ones I, I will bring up uh, cause I'm older than dirt uh, is there's a, there's an article called the philosophy of fire. That one is really good. Um, it does kind of mostly go over like aggro from the side of like uh, sly from like jackal pup days. Um, no idea what that really is. Really good. Jackal pup is a one mana as a red for a 2-1 that whenever it gets dealt damage, it deals that much damage to you. But that was a premium creature back in the days of Tempest. Gotcha. That's <laughs> that's that's awesome. And Caroline, that's a great idea is to, if, if there's anyone of our listeners out there who, uh, let us know what your required reading uh, for Magic the Gathering or just card games in general. What's your required reading? You can tweet at us at Swagoi Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming. And that lets, let us know. Uh, what your required reading is, and what do you think of the podcast. Of course, you can always uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you are listening to us from on your podcasting medium, and uh, leave us a little rating, uh, hopefully five stars. If not, we understand. But let us know what you think of the podcast, and uh, we will 
you know, if we if we find your review out there, we will make sure to kind of read a chunk of it on the air, and we absolutely appreciate it more than you will ever know. And I know that I appreciate all of my co-casters, and I want to know where I can find them on the internet and enjoy the content they make. Conan Hawk, let's start with you. Yeah, you can find me streaming Monday through Friday at twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk, and you can also find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Conan Hawk. All right, and Caroline Cavanaugh? You can find me on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at The Mighty Linguini, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays. I always have a magic guest, but we don't always play magic. And, of course, you can find our absent co-host, Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher, at Mr. Toolshed on Twitter and at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mr. Toolshed. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142. You can find out everything you want to know about Swagoy Gaming by going to swagoy.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com. And that's going to wrap it up for us this week, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Cut in like Sean's bye. Yeah. I wonder why we wave every time when no one can see us. Do you wonder that? Our whole podcast is based on stuff like that. <laughs> this, is um, the, this is the best visual audio only podcast. <laughs>